Thanks for listening to Two Girls, One Plant. We're your hosts, Madison. And Jillian. And this week, we're the Plant Mythbusters. <laughs> I kind of want to play it now. Yeah, <laughs> Can I do play it. it so, okay. So, we're going to be um, busting some big old plant myths. And just, can we just have a quick throwback? Oh, yes. Discovery Channel after school vibes for sure. Oh, my gosh. I love them. Right? Okay, first of all, Adam and Jamie, you, they're not friends, apparently. Apparently, they're not friends. Oh! Yeah, they actually really like working together. So sad. So we're like Mythbusters 2.0. We're like the improved Mythbusters. Exactly. Obsessed. Obsessed. I so good. We were we kind of want to do like a watch party. If you guys yeah, like maybe like on our Patreon or Facebook room, like in our private something like that. I think yeah. it'd be so fun to watch like at least an episode or the Tivy the Titanic episode. That'd be fun. That one is such a good one. Do they have people. a plant episode? I don't know. I'm sure they do. They did one about like playing music for your plants. Yes. Busted. Yeah, busted. Yep. She's busted. Spoiler alert. Yep. Yeah, we'll have to do that. But we are busting the myths that we see all the time online, on Facebook. People just giving out unsolicited advice that just like, it's like, girl, what are you doing? So we are talking about that today. And let's preface this. Let's give a little disclaimer. A lot of this is like factual things, right? But, you know, we take that factual thing, we try it at home, and it doesn't work, right? So we're like, okay, I'm going to change how I treat my plants, and I'm just going to go off my own experience. Oh my God, my own experience is working, I'm going to tell everybody about it. So, again, it's kind of like an opinion almost, it's your experience, it's still valid, but unfortunately like it's not the same for everybody everybody's environment is different so that's why like a lot of these myths come to be and a lot of like misinformation comes to be because again plants that really are an experimental thing for a lot of us Mm -hmm. so um yeah I always tell people like some of these might work for you and that's great and you know what if it's if it ain't broke don't fix it so keep doing what you're doing Agreed. But on average. On average, yeah. So take it with a grain of salt. But most of these, like, we'll get to, and you're going to be like, people really be out here saying this shit to people. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, like, it's like um, fucking gospel to them. Like, and it's not gospel, sweetie. Like, so we're going to talk about it. Um, But first. Hey, ladies and men and all our non-binary friends. Join our Two Girls, One Plant community on Patreon. Become a monthly supporter of our podcast with one of our three different tiers. The first is our plant stand tier, which includes a shout out and the password to our private Facebook community. The plant BFF tier includes a first peek at new episodes, releases of merch, and more one-on-one time with us. And the VIPP, very important plant person tier, includes a code for 15% off merch to use anytime get to vote and come up with new episodes and more behind the scenes content exclusive to Patreon. We appreciate all your support and look forward to having it on Patreon. This is our season finale episode. Oh my God. Season four. So many amazing things. So many amazing people, amazing episodes. We laughed, we cried, like all the good things. We learned a lot this season. 
And, you know, it was just a good time. We started, when did we start? January? Yeah, the start of this year. God, that feels like forever ago. I know. That is so crazy. Well, we could not be more grateful. And we'll do our last, you know, hey, what you been up to since we last saw each other? What's what's new with you? Uh, well, I passed up on Apothos Jasenia. I'm <sighs> kicking myself in the ass. I can't decide if I'm it relieved was, or yeah. excited, hopeful, yeah. disappointed. I'm sad for you. I mean, if you had the money to like, it would have been worth it. I just, it's so expensive, you guys. I just don't have the money. Yeah, I don't. She's pricey, and she sold fast, so fast. I mean, I in less than a minute. Like, I had everything filled yeah. out, and I hesitated hitting the button, and I kind of knew, like, if I hesitated, it probably mm-hmm. would sold out. And sure enough, I hit the button, and mm-hmm. it sold out. So, yeah. So, <sighs> yeah, it's fine. It will happen again. More They'll plants have more. will come. It's fine, but I mean, it is a it is a Gabriella plant, so they are amazing quality. No, so like it would have been worth it to get it from them. Would have been legit. Yeah, but yeah, next time, next next time. time, and I, you know, I missed out too. I was like, I don't got no money right now. That's so I, I'm so broke right now. Houseplants are so expensive, you guys. What oh an expensive God. ass hobby. <laughs> it is an expensive hobby. God, I wish someone told me that. I know. <laughs> what? It's fine. It comes with the hobby, though, where you're like, all right, now I'm going to go and spend more money. And <laughs> I would have collected baseball cards or something. Oh, That's my ridiculous. God. Baseball cards are not as fun, though. No, they're not as fun. Sorry. I mean, no offense. Pokemon no offense. cards, though, we can get into. Dude, I went to like a really nerdy game shop in Cheyenne. Yeah, I went to Cheyenne, Wyoming, too. And, like, full of cards, right? Full of trading cards. There's, like, a bunch of geeks in the back playing Magic the Gathering, yeah. having the time of their life. That's cool. Looking through all the cards. Tons of fucking sports cards. Yeah. Tons of Magic the Gathering cards. A whole case of Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Five. Count them. Five Pokemon cards. Like, individual cards or packs? Like, individual cards. In the whole shop? In the whole shop. Well, Pokemon cards right now, I know we talked about Pokemon. (laughs) I'm the last one, I'm sorry. (laughs) But Pokemon cards are, like, having this resurgence right now. My sibling and I just talked about it, actually, um, a few days ago. But I'm glad it's a resurgence. I felt like the dork. At the, at the dorkiest shop. Like, <laughs> apparently Pokemon cards are the least cool cards. So no, they cool. are, like, really popping right now. And the okay. prices on them are um, highest they've been in a really long time. Okay. Um, and it's just because people have this new craze with them. You know, the new game just came out. Um, you know, Pokemon Go is getting ready to do this really big update. So there's a lot of hype with Pokemon cards right now. Great. Yeah. Great. Love that. I felt like a dork, so I'm glad Aww. to hear that. I mean, only five, you guys. I couldn't even... Do you know what kind they were? Do you remember? One of them was like a shadowless Zapdos or something. Oh. Like yellow. Yeah. And I did look into Pokemon cards, and I learned that, like, <laughs> to really geek out a little bit, the shadowless ones mm-hmm. are, like, really, you know, in the first editions. Yep. But that was literally it, and they had, like, a holographic Blastoise, but I couldn't even see if it was first edition or not because I was wearing my glasses. Gotcha. Yeah, we have a couple first edition Blastoise holographic ones. We have some from like the movie, like Pikachu's. We Aww. have a lot of rare ones. Uh, we have like a rare Charizard. 
a rare chancy. That's so cool. Mewtwo is my fave. Yeah. Yeah. My sibling has all of our Pokemon cards. That's awesome. So, and we went through and they were sending me pictures and I was yeah, like, that one's fun. a rare one. Mm-hmm. It's really cool to look into. It is. It's kind of fun. Yeah. But that one's like, a, that's a really fun hobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plants, like po- people go hard for po- Pokemon cards. All right. Well, great. Let's see your resurgence <laughs> Pokemon cards, uh, yes. y'all. I can't afford more plants. <laughs> I love that we're like talking Pokemon <laughs> in these two episodes. It kind of like really makes me happy because I've been geeking out. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, I know. I you kind of have me wanting the game. You How is your week been? I know. Um, so, you guys, I went to Ikea, <laughs> and I wanted a Rudsta cabinet. Spoiler, they were sold out. So, I asked the guy, because I saw on the website they were going to get Millsbow Wides the next day. Hmm. So, I said, sir, do you have any in the back, and can I have one? And he, I was, oh, this man, what was his name? I think his name was Julio, no, I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. He was so nice though, Aww. and he like had one. He brought it out. He's like, "You're not gonna believe." He was so nice. Anyway, IKEA, give him a raise, and he was like, "I got your cabinet," and I was like, "Yes!" And I was freaking out. Damn. And they had yeah, they had the wide uh, Millsbow cabinets, and I took that bitch home early. And um, I've just been working on her just piece by piece. And it's nice because I have the fabric cores. So I kind of have like, it was kind of like a learning curve with those and like what to do with them. And now that I have the Mills boat, it's kind of like an upgrade from it where I can like, I know what I'm doing. I know what I need to do right off the bat, setting it up instead of kind of working backwards with it. And it's, I love it. I love it. She is fully digitized. Like, she has a smart plug. Um, she has a smart hydrometer. So, I have like the app on the phone so I can Damn. keep track of like the humidity. Um, which, you like decked her out. Yeah, I went hard on this one. It does not have a humidifier in it. Um, and it holds 90% humidity Damn. without any humidifier. That's great. And it has a cup of water in it, and that's it. Sweet. Amazing. Highly recommend if you can get your hands on one of these. So, I, yeah, I like. I've just been, so I'm actually tracking and doing all of our, like, uh, the process with it and building it on our TikTok. So I've been uploading different, like, parts of, like, each little area of building the Ikea greenhouse cabinet. So you can check out there if you're interested in building one. Hey! But yeah, that's what I've been up to, so. That's so cool. Your baby's got an upgrade. Dude, I'm obsessed with it. Obsessed, obsessed, obsessed. So anyway, that's been my week. I'm just obsessed with plants and all things plants. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Ikea cabinets, not a myth. Yeah. <laughs> worth it. <laughs> yeah. Those are worth it. Not a myth at all. Like the hype is real. The hype it, is real. For a good reason. Yeah. I have all my Hoya in a case. They love it. Oh yeah. I don't I haven't even decked it out. It's just like a case. <laughs> they love it. I was just telling Jillian the, the Hoya in your case love it in there and every time I come back to Jillian's house they're thriving they're they look different every week they live in their best life they're so happy but you have really awesome Hoya in your case too so I do have some fun babes yeah they're really and they're huge love in the case they're huge Hoya in your case yeah they're happy they're happy as fuck um well let's bust some fucking myths I'm excited for this so we came up with a list, and we found some that, you know, are kind of all over the place um, as far as, like, care goes or what kind to buy. So, a little bit of everything. The first one we have mentioned, and 
again, we've talked a lot about this on like our episodes. So some of these are repeats and throwbacks, but again, we're just kind of condensing it onto one episode. First one, and this one I know grinds Jillian's gears. It's uh, watering your orchids with a damn ice cube. You know why it grinds my gears? Because they're not fucking cocktails. They're not a cocktail. They're plants. They are plants. They're tropical plants at that. Yes, they do not like cold water. They like, you know, that warm rain, summer, tropical water. Like, that's what they are used to. Mm -hmm. They do not, like... And what it it comes from orchid growers and sellers. They're the ones who are giving this advice. These are people who are like the orchid experts saying, just put an ice cube on it. That's where a lot of that misinformation came from. Yeah. Is the frustrating like piece. Just the dumbest, easiest instructions they could, they could think to give people, mm-hmm. you know, to not kill their orchids. Because totally. like, orchids are epiphytic, so they absorb water and slowly through their roots mm-hmm. usually through a lot of the moisture in the air and so i guess the idea is that the ice cube is going to melt slowly right and allow the orchid to absorb that water as it's melting you could also just soak your o- soak sork <laughs> soak <laughs> your orchid in the proper medium mm-hmm. and it's gonna be a lot happier because it's not just getting a cold yep. trickle <laughs> yep mine's just an orchid bark straight orchid bark and I just water it, and the water sits in the saucer, and I just let it sit in the saucer, yeah. and it's usually gone within a day. Those chips soak it up. Yeah, they soak it up. It's fine. That's all you have to do. Room temperature, water. Mm-hmm. Like, why? First of all, don't be putting, like, ice cubes, let alone cold water on your plants. Like, they will, like, go into shock. Maybe not the first time. You might be like, oh, it didn't do anything the first time. But if you repeatedly are doing this, putting ice cubes or cold water on your plants, especially your orchids, it will go into shock over time, um, and it will slowly kill the plant. Yeah. Do you remember the ice bucket challenge? <laughs> Do you remember how uncomfortable everybody was? Yes. Yeah, that's your orchid. Yes, exactly. I Yep. Agreed. So myth number one is busted. Do not be putting no damn ice cube on your orchids, let alone any houseplant. It's busted. It's totally busted. Let's talk about myth number two. This one um, somebody did suggest on our Instagram stories. So thank you. This one's fun. And I've actually had some people at work ask me about this. And I was like, no, 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 no. I get asked this all the time. All work. the time. So we're talking about increased drainage by adding stones to the bottom of pots or leka or brick or what else? Uh, broken pieces of terracotta, I've heard. Styrofoam. Styrofoam. I've heard that yep. before. Charcoal is another one I've heard. Yeah, don't be doing that. Don't do it. Um, this is a really well common piece of advice people give all the time because it makes sense, right? You're like, well, it's just helping drainage. So I'm going to put it at the bottom of the pot so the plant can drain better. So it's not mm-hmm. sitting in water. It, it makes sense. However, if you think about it, when you are, let's say you have a good, let's just use a six inch pot. If you have your six inch pot plant and let's say two to three inches of that is like stone or brick, you're basically raising the water table of the plant. So, you know, water, gravity goes down to the bottom of the soil, and that's where the majority of the water sits. And over time, it dries out from the top down. However, the plant, when the water table is raised, it's sitting in that water, 
for so much longer. Therefore, it is going to get root rot. Mm-hmm. It... <laughs> Come on. You're actually increasing your chances of root rot yeah. because now there's less space for the roots to grow. Yep. There's also a little bit of physics involved with the idea that like the soil is a specific like density and the rocks have its a different density. So like the water is basically going to want to sit on this layer of soil and fully saturate before it moves into the layer of rock. So mm-hmm. it takes a lot longer for the water to drain through. Yep. People do this a lot in pots that don't have any drainage as well because, like, they can almost picture the water just sitting under the rocks and it's, like, holding the roots up and away from it. But you're kind of having the opposite effect. Yeah. Raised water table, lower drainage. Yeah, and you can actually do an experiment yourself. So, like, those clear plastic cups, uh, put some rocks in the bottom and put soil on top. Get another cup, put just soil in it, and water both. And you'll see the water tables react differently and dry out differently at different rates over time. How often can I say different? (laughs) Um, But they do, and you can see that and conduct that experiment for yourself. So to fix that, you know, add more chunky substrate Mm -hmm. to your soil. Add charcoal to your soil. Add vermiculite. Add perlite. We did a whole episode talking about soil and how to add chunkiness to it and how to add aeration to it. So if you need like some advice, go listen to the episode or just like Google it. I don't really care. You don't have to listen to this, but like there's so much information out there how to get better draining soil. But raising the whole water table is just, yeah, it's not, no, it's, it's not, not the way good. To do it. It's not good for your plants. So myth number two is busted and crusted. It's busted. It's totally busted. All right. Let's talk about this third one. So for myth number three, it's adding peroxide to your soil. Yep. And I will say, like, there's a grain of truth to that. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. all bad. Like, I have recommended to people when they say they have a really bad fungus gnat infestation, grab some hydrogen peroxide. See what percentage it is, because they're all diluted to a certain percentage. Yep. Google how much water you need to add to that to make it safe for your plants. Use that formula to rinse your pot once and no more than once in six months to a year, depending on the size of your plant. Yep. Just to get rid of fungus gnats, bacteria, pests, things like that. That being said, (laughs) peroxide's like... A really harmful chemical. It can so easily burn your plants. And so if you're not looking up the right ratio, if you're not diluting it with additional water, if you're doing it on a weekly basis, like you're going to burn the shit out of your plant without a doubt. Yeah, you got to do it really carefully. It it can be really damaging. And like there was a time there where people just started doing it Mm -hmm. like pretty regularly. It's like a catch-all. Yeah. So this is like kind of like a latch last ditch effort mm-hmm. uh for your plants so it's not a preventative it's no. like my pest problem is out of control my plants are sick i disease like this is like the last chance to save your plant pretty much and mm-hmm. get rid of these things so th- i would not use this first however no. it does work like jillian said if you're using the correct ratios with it But a lot of times people are not using the correct ratios and they're doing it too much. Right. Another thing I've heard with this is that 
when you water with it um, and dilute it and whatever, uh, when the water is going through the soil, you hear like little cracks. Oh yeah, when you're doing it for fungus pops. gnats, very so, satisfying. Well, it's not the fungus gnats. No, it's the air in the soil. Yeah. Um. So a lot of people think it's the fungus gnats. No, it's just like satisfying. Like it sounds like you're sending yeah. them to hell. It's. I mean, yeah. it's hydrogen peroxide. Like yes, you just put hydrogen peroxide in your wound. Like when yeah. you get a cut, it fizzles. That's kind of what it naturally does. Exactly. And it actually does help aerate your soil a bit, which is kind of yes. cool. It does. It does. But also at the same time, while it's killing like all these like things we don't want in our plants, it's also killing the really good stuff in our plants. Mm -hmm. The symbiotic relationship that our have plants with our soil, this rich nutrient dense soil that this home that we've made, we're killing off the good and we're killing off the bad for it. So, you know, kind of be wary of that because, you know, fungus gnats love fungus, but Fungus is really great for your soil at the same time. Yep. So you got to choose and pick your battles. Really great solution for that. Water less. I'm seeing so many posts right now about fungus gnats and the hydrogen peroxide is like, do this, do this, do this. Great. Yes, do that. But in the beginning, when you're buying your house plants, do not water as much give it daddy issues. Yeah. Then at that point, start using a systemic as a preventative, use some neem oil, you know, or if, you know, before you even use the hydrogen peroxide, I would say repot your plant Mm -hmm. um, and try some new soil with it. Make it chunkier if you need and see if that helps because I would hate to pour like hydrogen peroxide on a plant I've had for a long time. And maybe I didn't dilute it to enough and it dies. Yeah, no From kidding. that. Like, I would be really upset. Like, I would be mad about doing that before just repotting it. And that oh, could have yeah. been, like, a fix, an easy fix. For sure. Just changing your ha- your routine. Like, it breaks my heart when people have a fungus gnat problem and they have, like, succulents and snake plants. Right. You know? It's yeah. It's like, mm, there's something else going on. Like, you just need yeah. to pull back a lot. So. Yeah, a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And that's hard. Fungus gnats are... They're annoying. God, they're so annoying. But there is a way to fix it, and it takes a long time. Mm-hmm. The hydrogen peroxide, just last, last ditch effort, okay? Based on that, we got to say, this is plausible. Let's talk about myth number four. So, plants cannot be in your bedroom because they release carbon dioxide at nighttime. They're going to choke you in your sleep. They're going to kill you. <laughs> Da-da-da-da. Yeah, that's not a thing. No. Um, it's so minimal, the amount of carbon dioxide release. So as we all know, like we know basic biology, <laughs> like humans, uh, we breathe out, um, or excuse me, we breathe in oxygen and we release carbon dioxide, mm-hmm. right? Where that's the opposite for plants. So they absorb that carbon dioxide. But like... <laughs> The f- it's so small, the amount. I it's just don't so get why people... It, like, makes me sad to think that people were, like, scared to keep plants in their bedroom. Like, the fact that, like, somebody's like, I don't want... I can't keep this plant in here. It will kill me. It seems like, like that's kernel, so sad. Like, the kernel of truth is that... I, and I think this is mostly with trees. But some mm. plants do perform a lot of their air exchange overnight. Yeah. However... <laughs> You don't have big old trees that are doing that on a large scale in your home. Sure. And it it's not the type of event that, like, actually, it's, it's not going to affect the air you breathe. Like, you're going to be getting just as much oxygen throughout the night. 
Right. Yeah, it's also kind of ar- ironic that, like, a lot of people buy plants to, like, purify their air and make their air better. Mm-hmm. And they're also terrified of having their plants suck up their air at night. Right, yeah. There's, like, two type of people with that. What? Yeah. Like, what is happening? Are they great or are they <laughs> sucking out the air? Like, I don't know. Yeah, so this is not true. So the solution is keep your damn plant in your bedroom and be happy with it in there. It's not going to hurt you. It's not like the happening Nope. <laughs> With awful not. Mark Wahlberg. God. So bad. Uh, so that's plant myth number four. It's busted. It's totally busted. Number five. This is one Jillian and I are both very passionate. No, seriously, though. This is nuts. It's it's missing your leaves, you guys. You don't know how many people, because we live in Denver, obviously. How many people are like, well, I'm going to buy this calathea, and I don't have mm-hmm. a humidifier, but, like, I'm going to miss the leaves, so it'll be fine. Totally. Or, like, I have this philodendron, and I'm just missing the leaves, so it's great. And it's, like, hmm, there's, like, a couple reasons that that actually isn't ideal. Mm-hmm. The first is when you're missing, like, you're missing a very small amount of water. Yeah. So you're increasing the humidity for maybe the 30 minutes to an hour that it takes for that water to dissipate into the air. Yep. That's it. It's going to go back to the standard level of humidity after that because you only released a very small amount of water into the air. Mm -hmm. Misting also has much larger particles versus like ambient humidity. So if you miss your philodendron and bits of water get caught in the leaf or like the sheath, you're going to get like bacterial infections on your new leaves. I've seen it happen. It's very sad. Or if you like spray your velvety calathea we're worship 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 sure that sounds sure, great that sounds love great. that <laughs> um you know like she doesn't want water to sit on her velvety leaves yeah. like ambient humidity is gonna have finer particles that are easier for the plant to appreciate and absorb throughout the day instead of just a clump in 20 minutes <laughs> yeah yeah and like and that's hard too because you know a lot of people are like well i know it doesn't do anything but it's relaxing for me And it's like, sure, I get that. If you feel like it's doing and it has like an amiibo or no, not an amiibo. Placebo. (laughs) (laughs) You've been playing too much Nintendo. (laughs) Oh my God. A placebo effect. If it's giving you that placebo effect, Mm -hmm. great. But like Jillian said, there are some plants that are really, really prone to bacterial infections Mm -hmm. and we'll have like mildew. Begonias especially do not like to be misted. They don't. Um, Especially the furry ones. So just be careful with this. You can do, um, I do preventative misting. So I do like oh, with neem, neem right? oil mm-hmm. and that's like my pest prevention that I do for the leaf part. It's not for humidity though. Um, and I am really careful about which plants I do mist and I make sure it's not a lot. I make sure that it's, they're going to dry out fast. I usually turn on my AC so it has more air circulation. Yeah, I would mist in the morning. Don't mist at night so the sun can help you kind of dry out those yep. nooks and crannies too. Exactly. So be careful with it if you're going to mm-hmm. do that. But misting to me, it's like I have so much to do. Me personally as a plant parent that misting is just like, I, I don't even want to entertain the idea no. of it relaxing me. That just sounds stressful. <laughs> if anything, like do one of those, you know, when you do like you spray perfume, but you do like a perfume yes, walk I was gonna say through. That. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Just like spray it like up and out and just yes. let it like fall on the plants. Like you're walking exactly. through a mist of perfume. You know, like don't spray it on the plant. 
Yes. Give the plant some space. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's also, perfect. for the 10% of you that this applies to, don't water your plants by misting. Oh, I see you guys at the shop. <gasps> I'm just saying, Colorado is way too dry for that yeah. shit. Like, soak your plants. I know you're scared to overwater your succulent or your air plant or whatever it is. Yeah. If it's in the right soil medium, if it's in the right spot in your house, it's fine. Give it a soak. Do not miss that shit. Yeah. You can't yeah. mist the whole soil three inches down. That's not, that's not how I that works. definitely have done that before. Where How I was, many times do you have to, like, are people yeah, just sitting there? I had there? my preventative spray, and it was, like, a small four-inch pot, and I was so lazy just to go get my watering can and just dump it in the <laughs> watering can. Or just even open the top and dump it. But I was just, like, squirt, 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 squirt like. Like 20 times, <laughs> like, just waiting for it to pull up a little bit. And I was like, well, I think you're good. <laughs> All right, so for everybody like Madison, who's too though. lazy to unscrew the top, it's just laziness. It does not count as a water. It does not. It no, does not it count as a water. Laziness though does prevail totally sometimes does for prevail. me. That's fair. Well, speaking of humidity, so in myth number six, and this one was kind of shocking, but it does totally make sense. Mm-hmm. So pebble trays increase humidity. So you're thinking, okay. A pebble tray, a leca tray, whatever that my plants are sitting on top of. The water obviously evaporates. It goes up into the air and it goes up into my plant. Therefore, my plant is getting humidity. Great. Unfortunately, especially in areas like Colorado, that shit dries out so, so quickly. So we have a really great graphic. We will share it in our Insta stories, but the graphic really, um, what, what really happens is the water when it's evaporating is at its highest condensed humidity right as it's coming off the pebbles pretty much. And then as it gets to the middle pot and then to the top of the pot, it gets less humidity. And then as, by the time it gets to the leaves where the humidity actually counts for your plant, the humidity is basically at 0% that you get off that pebble tray. So it doesn't really work. And they are a huge fungus gnat magnet. Yeah. They are awful. I remember having one because, like, that's what I read online. Get a mm-hmm. pebble tray. And I put all my calatheas on it. And dear freaking God, I had so many fungus gnat eggs and babies Oh, it was so disgusting. It's just a pool of moisture. It is, yes. And so you can attract a lot of pests because mm-hmm. of it. Do not recommend the pe- the peebles, the pebble trays. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just not it just doesn't really have like a big cause and effect with your plants, unfortunately. No, again, mostly just a placebo effect. It is. It is a placebo effect. So what you can do is you can definitely Raise your humidity by having a humidifier, which is great. Um, You can also group your plants together or Mm -hmm. close to each other that are really similar. So you can put all your calathea together. You can put all your philodendron together. And that's going to help raise their natural ambient air, as you said before, humidity, right? You can also do enclosed spaces like a terrarium, an aquarium. You can buy an Ikea greenhouse cabinet, which are great for keeping that humidity. Especially, we like, there are plants out there who do love humidity a little bit more and really need that. So those spaces and those containers are really, really great for it. Yeah. But 
the whole pebble tray thing, unfortunately, is just not going to make enough of a difference. And then you're just going to have more headaches from a result of it. Yeah, maybe, you know, at least buy a cloche for it. Like, don't throw out your pebble, pebble tray, but, like, find a way to cover it. Mm. So that the, the humidity isn't just, just escaping the bottom of the tray, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's that's actually a really good idea. And, like, um, <laughs> Ikea actually does sell those, too, like those little <laughs> dome toppers. Um, All right, are we getting paid from Ikea or what? Like, well, is I'm there a check saying, coming in? I know, I'm waiting. <laughs> I know, hello, Ikea. <laughs> Dude, when I went there, okay, real quick. When I went there, they had so many plant decor type things. I mean, they had, like, a fake plant here, a fake plant there like all over the store and they were really pandering to the plant community they and know I was plant like, parents are on the rise oh my god i mean every little like thing that you like yeah they were like we're here we can it. put a plant on it and i was like they know we're mm-hmm. here oh my god it was so funny anyway so that is that myth it's busted it's totally busted <laughs> So, uh, myth number seven. Uh, myth number seven is that plants will grow bigger in a bigger pot. So you go into the store and you buy a little four-inch ZZ and you're like, well, this is really cute, but I have this really beautiful eight-inch pot at home. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to put the four-inch ZZ in the eight-inch pot and it'll grow to that size. Mm-hmm. And plants are not goldfish. They will not grow to the size of the bowl that they're in. Yep. They also won't stop growing because yep. they're in a certain size and you refuse to pot them up. Yep. So, yeah, that's like a really big myth. And it, it really just leads to over-underwatering. Yeah. The rule of thumb is to actually just move up a regular size for the plant. So, yeah. you know, if it's in a four-inch pot, don't put it in anything bigger than a six-inch pot. Yep. And that way those one to two inches on the edge are going to dry out in a reasonable amount of time while those roots are growing into it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, a lot of times too, like we see the leaves and the stems and the petioles, like all the the plant itself, the surface level of it, you're like, wow, this thing is huge. Mm-hmm. She needs to be potted up. And then you go to look at the roots and they're just like microscopic. They're super small. And you're like, well, the plant itself is so huge. I need to up, I need to up pot it. You actually don't want to do that. You want to be looking at the roots and see if they're ready for, you know, a come up, <laughs> as I like to say, a little glow up moment um, in a bigger home. But they, they really, at that point, you got to leave them in the small pot. I know. Mm-hmm. And even like, I know a lot of times nursery pots too, when they're really, really big leaves or really big stems, they get a little top heavy and they fall over. Just put it in a cash pot. Yep. Put it in a cash pot and it'll be fine. Leave it there for a little bit. Let it get more established roots. I know it's hard, but just do it. Yeah. Your plant will thank you for it. They, they want to be comfy in their home when it comes to their roots. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that was myth number seven. Busted. It's busted. It's totally busted. Let's talk about this. So we talked about it a little bit ago. Mm -hmm. Um, We didn't mention it. So myth number eight is the whole thing about plants like purifying the air and helping the air quality and this whole NASA clean air study they did. And (sighs) this is an old myth. This one's been around for a minute. Yes. And I've seen a lot of people 
debunk this online because they're like, mm-hmm. that's actually not true. But the thing that I'm seeing right now and have always seen is it's marketing. Mm-hmm. You go to your nursery and they're like, purifying plants, air quality, like those little buzzwords. Again, it's all it's all marketing. So yeah, take it with a grain of salt. And these things get brought up all the time. So NASA, you know, they did do this study, right? They did do this study back in 1989, and they were like, well, let's see how much they actually do purify the air. and Purify the air in space stations, too, let's be clear. Not in your house. Right, and that's what they were trying to figure out. Freaking space stations and a spaceship itself is like the most purified thing already, right? Like it is so sterile Mm -hmm. already to begin with. So- they really wanted to see what effect houseplants had on that, and it did have an effect, and that's why people took that and they ran with it, right? However, it wasn't really for, like, you know, our home environments. This was for, like, a vacuum-sealed, sterile space. Sorry, my home ain't sterile. <laughs> nope. She ain't sterile. Um, she also has um, a lot of airflow. There's a lot of gaps to indoors and outdoors, so... It doesn't make sense that it's purely purifying my air. It might have some impact, but it's so minimal that actually, so the average house size is about 2,600 feet, right? Or square feet, excuse me. (laughs) 2,600 feet. Damn, that's a big house. So to achieve that, you would need anywhere between, you would need about 680 houseplants for a 2,600 square foot house to maybe see an effect. This is still kind of up for debate. I know some Uh, of you are like 680 plants. I can do it. Like I'm almost there. It's not a challenge. Literally not. (laughs) Not a challenge. It just means there's no reason to fill your hand, fill your house with peace lilies. You know, just, Uh, just buy plants that you love. Yeah. And if you buy enough plants that you love, maybe, after 680 of them, you'll feel a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Just it's it again, it all comes down to marketing. It's so yeah. annoying. Capitalism. Ugh, screw you. Seriously. <laughs> anybody that's like, this is an air purifying plant. Like they're trying to sell you something. Yeah, exactly. So that was myth number eight. Busted by. It's busted. It's totally busted. Um, let's talk about this one. And this one is Fucking disgusting. So myth number nine is putting mayonnaise or milk on leaves to shine them. What are y'all doing? No, stop it, y'all. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't. Do, would you want mayonnaise all over your skin? That's... Clogging up your pores? <laughs> That is so foul. Oh, you don't want to take a bath in mayonnaise medicine? That is so... Isn't I, that just awful? I hate mayonnaise. And the thought of people just lathering mayonnaise... <laughs> on their plants? Makes me gag like it makes me nauseous and then to just think about wiping it off just clean <gasps> i just you know Ugh. you guys it, it, re- it really is just clogging the the stomata on your leaves which yeah. are like basically their pores yeah so don't don't do it it's yes. you don't need to don't do i it. promise you know instead I, just use a leaf cleaner yeah you can even use neem oil which is like the mm-hmm. windex of plants it works on everything Yep. You know, use a wet paper towel. Use a microfiber cloth. Mm-hmm. I understand you might want to dust your plants off a little. Don't use mayonnaise. 
don't use mayonnaise or water. That was like what they did in the, that's what they do in the wild. That's how they clean their leaves. Yeah. It's with rainwater. So why don't you just take water to the leaves and just clean it? Oh, that's it. And you're attracting more pests. You're attracting bacterial infection. You're a- attracting disease when you do that. Does anyone even like the look of like that waxy fake plant, Mm-mm. like those leaves that look like they've been polished? Like they no. look fake to me. It doesn't even look pretty. So gross. Some people might really like that look. I just, I don't know. I've never really liked the plastic plant look. Yeah, I mean, obviously, clean your leaves. Dust them um, off. I got dogs. I know. I got <laughs> dog hair. <laughs> I got a lot of dog hair on my plants, those poor babies. <sighs> but, like, it is important to clean the leaves so they can properly photosynthesize, especially throughout the year. So mm-hmm. I call it, like, my spring cleaning and... Mm-hmm. That's something I do when they're like kind of waking up from their winter nap. And so that way they're, yeah. they can photosynthesize better. Like totally get that. But the mayo, y'all, y'all fucking nasty. Keep it in the tuna, you know, <laughs> like just not on your plants. God, it's disgusting. Sorry. That, that is so foul to me. I really do hate mayonnaise. It makes me like. You need to turn in your like white people card. <sighs> i do it's so if i just even get like a smell of it it, i like start Mm -hmm. like gagging no yeah james don't make it loves mayonnaise on everything so i can like smell it when he's eating his food and i'm just like you need to like six feet away from me (laughs) i mean i can appreciate like i can appreciate a good tuna salad or good macaroni salad but my mom also did just put mayonnaise on crackers and eat it. And I was like, that's too much for me. I can't do that. <laughs> that was so disgusting. It was a lot. It was a lot. Jillian's mom, what are you doing? Some people just really like mayonnaise, <laughs> man. White people be out here eating mayonnaise. Oh I don't know God. what to tell you. Jesus Christ. That's disgusting. Okay, we need to move on from the. That's real. It's okay, amazing. I feel busted. nauseous. Put the mayonnaise down. <laughs> <laughs> Myth number 10. Yellow leaves means that your plant is dying. Yeah. It's dying. (laughs) So there's so many different reasons your plant uh, could be having yellowing leaves. One thing is um, that it could be maturing more. So you have more leaves. You have these new leaves coming in. She's really happy. You know, she's on a normal watering schedule. Um, You don't overwater. She gets normal fertilizer. Great sunlight or any kind of light, but the bottom leaves are yellowing. That is normal. That is their natural cycle because they are expelling so much energy into new growth, to no, oh, I cannot talk, new growth and also new roots and really moving those roots out. Yeah, they're not going to be able to give energy to those lower leaves on the plant. Mm-hmm. So that is a really big one. And to not panic. Do not panic when that happens. Also, when you are acclimating your plant, when you buy a new one, they are going to yellow and they are going to drop leaves. Mm -hmm. That is very normal. You got to think like when you buy a plant from a plant shop, right? It's kind of like the apple stand metaphor. It's like, you know, the apple stand seller always put the best apples out on top and like the best ones are sold. Well, that's the case in plant shops. Like these are curated plants to be sold to us. Right. So like these are the ones that are like training for the Olympics. They are like strong and they're healthy and they're good looking. And then when they get to their, you know, your house, they're like, all right, I'm going to break my diet. I'm going to, you know, have the Cheetos. I'm going to get a little lazy. Like that is basically what is happening because they are not in perfect conditions anymore. Like they were at the greenhouse. 
And that is fine. That is why they are houseplants. And it just takes a while for them to acclimate. So yeah, they are going to yellow and they are going to die off a little bit. But they don't stress about it because it will come back. Don't touch it. It will come back. And it will be fine. Yeah. What does your new growth look like? You yep. know, what do your roots look like? Yep. And what type of plant is it? Mm-hmm. Alocasia are known for dropping older leaves as they put out mm-hmm. new ones. Dracaena naturally drop older leaves as they get taller. Mm-hmm. You know, pothos. They're low light, but if you have a couple of vines that are going behind your TV, I had somebody tell me this recently, two of their vines were going behind the TV, the rest of the plant's getting great light, and the two vines dropped all their leaves. Well, of course, she's not getting any light, so there's no reason for her to keep that energy going there when she's getting such better light over here. So, like, what are the circumstances? What type of plant is it? What are the conditions like? Has it been going through any changes or stress? Is it a ficus and you moved it recently? You know, like, yeah, literally. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Or a croton. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah. So there are a lot of reasons that your leaves could be yellowing. And we definitely see plant parents that go on Facebook and are like, oh, my God, my plant's leaf is yellowing for the first time. And I don't know what to do. Like, everything's good. And it's like, you're you're good. Take a deep breath. Plants are meant to be relaxing. Yeah. You're fine. Plant's fine. Yeah. And those reasons alone, like is normal also reflect on yourself like what are you doing for your care for your plant so like are you overwatering it are you underwatering mm-hmm. it are you giving it too much fertilizer is it by a cold window was it in cold transit like these are things you really need to think about and really reflect on its journey and what it's like in your house currently and what you're doing as a plant parent so there needs to be some responsibility take it upon yourself um and understand that, okay, I need to change my care needs. That is why it's possibly yellowing too. Yep. So again, it's all about reflection in that relationship with our plants, right? And that's that's okay. Like it, to d- That's a really great way to grow as a plant parent. And you learn. And guess what? You are going to kill a lot of plants. We all do. You are so many. Mm-hmm. They are, a lot of them are going to die. <laughs> Yep. Anybody who's an expert on a plant, ask them how many of that plant they've killed. Oh like, my god. Usually there's a reason they know what that plant looks like when it's underwater, overwatered. How many plants eaten by pests? If you had to guess, how many plants do you think you've killed? Probably close to a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. And that's only because of the number of plants I've had come through the house. It's not more. If I had more plants come through the house, it'd probably be a higher number. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I've probably only owned like 300 plants since mm-hmm. I started buying plants. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So 100 is a lot. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's about probably how many I've killed. Probably about 100, 150. Yeah. Killed a lot. Like a lot of plants. And I just let them go. I'm just like, peace. Are and you? it still happens sometimes. <laughs> oh, I have a dead plant that has literally been sitting on my plant shelf for probably like mm, two months. And I'm just like, I can't be bothered. <laughs> No, seriously. <laughs> you see my squamiferum. I repotted my squamiferum. Oh, that's and a that's a example. big change for a plant, like to be repotted into something new. So like 50% yep. of its leaves, probably more like 75% of its leaves are yellowing. The stem is still alive. The new growth point is still there. But yeah. a lot of the leaves are dying off. And she's like really stressed out. And there really yeah. isn't anything I can do except wait it out and hope that she adapts to the new soil because it it is the type of soil that she needs yeah it's just different from what she's been in so 
you know, it, and I'll take a picture of it so that I can post it to our story when this episode comes out. And maybe I'll post an update when this episode comes out. Hopefully it's a positive update. But, <laughs> like, yeah. it happens, you know. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that the pl- it's over and you can throw the plant away. It just means yeah. she could be a little stressed or something's going on. Mm. Worth investigating. Yeah. It's all about that reflection, baby. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to myth number 11. So this one is a strict watering schedule is the best. Right? We got to do it every time, same time, no matter what. We're not checking the soil. We're not seeing what the needs are of the plant. Today is the day I am watering, my dude. Can't be like that, sadly. (laughs) I wish, I wish, I wish they're really, like, I wish they were a schedule type of hobby, but it's really not. It's not. Um, We try. You you can have, like, a good ballpark I feel like yeah I once a week I go through everybody Mm -hmm. and I water most people once a week Mm -hmm. but there are definitely plants that I'm like oh you know what you can wait another week or I'll have to check on you in a couple days or exactly yep you just kind of keep an eye on it Mm -hmm. you know and have that daily and it doesn't have to be daily you know there's some days I do not check my plants oh yeah because I'm, you know, running late out the door and I get home and I'm exhausted and I just pass out. You know, like I there's there are days like that and it's a real fucking thing. But those days that you like have that time to just kind of walk around and just check and you're like, OK, I'm going to water you in a couple of days or I'm going to water you in probably a week. It's that time and that understanding and that growth that is really important for a plant parent, I feel like. I think, like, usually what I do, so I, I do the water, because you and I both water on Wednesdays, I feel like, the mm-hmm. majority of our plants. Yeah. So, w- Wednesdays are my big majority watering day, but I don't water everything today. So, Saturday is my next day that I water anything that I miss. I'm like, eh, you're really wet still. I'll see you on Saturday and make sure we're all good. And even then on Saturday, if it is even remotely a little bit dry, then I'll be like, yeah, I'm just going to wait till next Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday and, like, hope for the best. and. Yeah, then. they're usually fine. It's definitely better to under than over water. Yeah, for sure. It is. No, it definitely is. And everybody's environment is different. Every house is totally. different. Your lighting's different. I have one window behind us that gets great morning light, but then in the afternoon, like, my neighbor's house is white. Mm. So we also get pretty much direct sunlight in the evening. So, like, yeah. I could tell a nursery that I have a northeast-facing window, and they wouldn't even know that I'm getting, like, full sun all day. So For sure. My pots are going to dry out a lot faster in that window than they would in anybody else's northeast-facing window. Yeah. So anybody that gives you a strict watering schedule is probably well-intentioned but wrong. Yeah. It's important to, like, be able to read your plants and then maybe get them on a schedule once you both kind of understand each other better. Yeah, exactly. That's not too cheesy. No, it, no, that's perfect. And you can buy moisture meters. You can mm-hmm. you can use a freaking chopstick, you know, and figure out how wet the soil is. Like, there are so many great tools out there for plant parents nowadays. So really and look into getting one if you don't have one and you're really like, I don't know when to water, y'all. Really invest in one of those. They are really great lifesavers, especially in the beginning of owning houseplants and learning your plant needs. Yep. So, myth busted on that one. It's busted. It's totally busted. Let's talk about myth number 12. We've talked about this one before. <laughs> yep. And I still see these comments coming up. It's not like All I... All the time. I know, like, okay, so this one is when you let your water sit out overnight and the chlorine 
basically evaporates out of the water. It dissipates, right? And I'm not saying like our episodes are out there for everybody listening. Like not everybody listens to this podcast, right? But I wish. But I was like, I was really hoping for our water episode just to like end it. (laughs) Just be the one episode. If there could be an episode everybody in the plant community could listen to, I feel like what would be the water episode. It would be so helpful. It would be so helpful. And with just so many of these myths. And this is a really, one of the bigger ones I feel like I see so, so much and so, so often. And one of the most damaging, like this is yes. more damaging than ice cubes on orchids, you know, yeah, like I this agree. will really affect your plants if mm-hmm. you're consistently giving them chlorinated water and they're sensitive to it. For sure. And again, tap water, we said in that episode, in our water episode, like tap water is fine. Definitely look up your area mm-hmm. uh, and what, you know, your municipal puts in your water. Um but a lot of places do not use chlorine. It's chloramine, and that does not evaporate. So you're really just one wasting time. And if you have a lot of houseplants like we do, that one watering can sitting out overnight, dear God, you're going to need like 20 it. of them. So, yeah, it's not doing a whole lot. Room temperature, though, it's great for room temperature. Yes, if you want room temperature and you're doing it for that reason, yes, keep doing that. But if you're doing it because you're like, it's going to evaporate all the bad stuff out of it, it's actually not. So, again, plants, you know, we want it to be an enjoyable hobby. We don't, I don't want to waste time, though, at the end of the day. I got very little time on my hands, and what time I want to give to my plants, I got to be like, you know, I got to pick and choose. And that's something that's, like, not worth it, and it's not doing anything. Yeah, seriously. And for more on that, like, go listen to our water episode because we really do get, like, really into it Mm -hmm. and why it's bad for your plant and which plants it's bad for. Because, honestly, most plants will take tap water. Like, I have a rule that if a plant needs better water than I do, it's not allowed (laughs) in my house. Yeah, exactly. You know, some people don't have that rule, and that's cool. So they need to be careful about their water. Most people don't. So, yeah. Exactly. Go check out that episode. But myth busted. It's busted. It's totally busted. Myth number 13 is that you need to repot your plant Mm. as soon as you get it. And I know I see so many people that buy plants and buy pots Mm -hmm. to go with it, usually a size up, and then immediately repot it. And, like, I get it. I do, because it looks really pretty, and it makes it feel, like, complete. But also think about it, like, from the plant's perspective. Like, it's gone from this really incredible greenhouse. Mm Mm-hmm to this kind of okay nursery where people keep running their oily fingers over its leaves. (laughs) (laughs) And then you're taking it to your probably dry, probably dusty ass house. (laughs) Why are you calling me out, Jillian? (laughs) (laughs) Calling me out. I'm calling myself out. Are you kidding? (laughs) We're like, it's not getting great light. And then you're ripping it out of its home that it's been quite comfortable in Mm -hmm. for months. And you're popping it in a new home with... Lord knows what substrate, because I see y'all, you're not researching your substrate. You're just throwing stuff in there. Mm-hmm. And so the plant is just freaked the fuck out. <laughs> like it's freaked out. It's getting watered and now there's a ton of water just sitting in the edges that oh it can't even gosh. reach. That's just soaking the roots longer yeah. than expected. And it's not getting the lighting it expected. Yeah, Like the, it's all turned around. You stressed it out. So bring it home. Let it get used to your dusty ass house. I know your house is probably clean. I'm really talking about myself, but <laughs> let it adapt to your home and its new environment. Mm-hmm. Maybe a couple weeks, 
maybe a month, maybe until you see new growth coming in, mm-hmm. which tells you that the plant is really comfortable. Yeah. And then repot it. Yeah. I agree. You know? I think two weeks minimum is perfect. Yeah. And you can let it go longer. But mm-hmm. minimum two weeks. Yep. There are some plants, though, that I have seen that are busting out of their pot, though, when I buy it. I mean, it. if they're busting, they're busting. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, there, there was a ZZ plant that I saw at Lowe's just two weeks ago, and I was like, I feel like this is the same ZZ plant that I bought, re- like, originally, mm-hmm. but, like, they sell them busting out of mm-hmm. their pot. So, yes, great. If they're busting where they're going to, like, break the pot, sure, repot it, whatever. But generally, for your, especially your more, like, angel hair root plants, like... <laughs> Yeah, and that's an important distinction. Like Madison mentioned a ZZ plant. Like, yeah, pothos, snake plants. Yeah. They're probably all right. Like, yeah. do whatever. You know, you want to repot them, they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But, like, my big old false aurelia, like, if I repotted that thing, she would drop all her leaves immediately. For so sure. It really just depends on the plant. Well, and a lot of those nursery plants have their starter fertilizer in it. Mm-hmm. So they kind of need that fertilizer still. So unless you're adding fertilizer to your soil or you're planning on fertilizing that plant, it's going to, because it's kind of like a jump start, right? When it's like a little baby plant that you're buying from the nursery. So it really does need that like boost. It needs that boost, that supplemental boost. Mm-hmm. That's really what it is. So I don't know. It varies, but really, really just wait two weeks just a minimum of two weeks just yeah. try it's just not try. it's not a decor item like respect it give it give it time yeah, you give know it a little time give it a little love a little love so busted it's busted it's totally busted okay so myth number 14 so there are plants that can live in an enclosed space without windows or grow light so basically what it's saying is that it can live in dark um yeah okay they're uh fake plants <laughs> yeah that's what we call them all plants need to photosynthesize they do they need natural light they need even a grow light even maybe like a normal light in your room some some form of light minimum but a dark ass stinky ass corner is not going to keep your plant alive nope they're going to survive they're not going to thrive. But we did talk about last week in our um, ZZ episode. You know, ZZs are super resilient. Sansevieria, mm-hmm. super resilient. Or excuse me, Dracaena. <laughs> did I trigger any of you? <laughs> we have to be botanically current. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, those are really great plants for really low light conditions. But they do need light at the end of the day. Otherwise, like... Six months, like, if you keep them in a dark corner, yeah, they're going to die. Um, Your more leafy friends, like philodendrons and monstera, they're going to die a lot faster. Mm -hmm. They need the light. They do. And I know that's hard for a lot of people who might not even have light in their homes. Get a grow light. You know, they're they're relatively inexpensive right now. 15 bucks for some grow lights off Amazon. That's enough for your ZZ or your snake plant. That is perfect. That's fine. That's perfect. That's all. If that's what you only you can do then i would i would suggest doing that mm-hmm. otherwise get a fake plant i am not somebody who shames fake plants no get a fake plant that sounds great fake plants are awesome they don't get pests you know they don't die <laughs> you they don't have to water beautiful. it they always look beautiful like you just gotta dust them every once in a while and if you have a dark ass room then yeah i mean put a fake plant in it there's no like there's no shame in that honestly yeah I'm, I'm not mad about it. You know, low light means low light tolerant, not like 
We'll live no with light. no light. <laughs> no light tolerant. <laughs> Low light tolerant. It's going to be tolerant. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Anyway. Busted. Busted. It's busted. It's totally busted. Myth number 15 is that succulents only need a tiny sip of water at a time. And I kind of touched on this with the misting, but mm-hmm. definitely goes hand in hand where people are really terrified that they're going to overwater their succulent. So when they go to water it, they're giving it like the tiniest drop of water and then they're running onto water the rest of their plants. Mm-hmm. And like that's not enough water for that succulent, you know, like they still need some water, you guys. Yeah, especially something that's really dry all the time. Like, all the time. It's not getting any water. So when you're only giving it a sip, like that's not enough to actually give the plant a proper drink. So yep. the trick instead is to put your plant in the proper substrate. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of succulents and cacti, that's a really rocky mix full of like pumice and scoria and turfus and all kinds of stuff like that so that you can give it a really full, thorough soak and it will never overwater your plant. In fact, mm-hmm. I know some people that have it in such good mix that they're watering like every other day because their succulents are getting such full sun mm. in such a well-draining mix. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want just to sip. When you do water them, especially since you're watering them, in, watering them infrequently, give them a good soak. Mm-hmm. So it's coming out the bottom. Yep. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. And that's how it should be for almost I mean, Honestly, all, your, all yeah. of your plants. All your plants. <laughs> All of your plants, for sure. Cool. Myth busted. It's busted. It's totally busted. All right. Myth number 16. Sick plants need plant food. They need to be fertilized, right? You know, you're not feeling good, and you're like, I need some soup. It's going to make me feel better. Soup, I'm sick. I'm. It's going to make me feel better. It's the same kind of, like, thought process, right? Well, actually, chicken soup doesn't make us feel better. It's comforting, and plant food does not help a sick plant, sadly enough. So when you're fertilizing it and your plant's already stressed out, it's actually going to burn the roots and it's going to cause it to decline even faster. So it is not like an aid to all sick plants. You know, there's different issues regarding sick plants. Um, So definitely, and if you're somebody too who is on a normal fertilizing schedule, you can really rule out fertilizer as the cause. Like, mm-hmm. let's say you fertilize once a month. You're like, okay, well, I know it's not the fertilizer because it's pretty normal in how much I'm giving it. So we know it's not it. So let's look at a different cause. We know it's not nutrient deficient. What is the cause of it? So let's do a little bit more in- investigation. Again, it's about that reflection on your care for the plant. Yeah, exactly. And in terms of, like, how much fertilizer you're using, like – Sick plants, plants that are dormant, they're really focusing on reserving their energy. Mm -hmm. So they don't need that much fertilizer. Like you can always judge fertilizer based on the growth of your plant. If it's sick and it stopped growing, stop giving it fertilizer until you see new growth. Yeah. Yeah. Cut off the bits that are sick. Focus on healing it depending on what's wrong with it, like giving it a copper fungicide or something like that. Yeah. Don't just over fertilize it. Yeah, and leave it alone. Yeah. It might just give it give it daddy issues. Like you're gonna overlove it. Yeah. Just leave it alone. It will work itself out. It's fine. Every time. Yep. And myth number seventeen is that most indoor plants go dormant over the winter. Mm-hmm. Which is really pervasive and kind of has a lot of consequences like fertilizing and repotting. Yeah. 
And the truth is, it's true for some plants. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those plants are really popular, like the tropical philodendron and monstera that we have. Mm-hmm. And it's not true for a lot of other plants. Yep. First of all, you know, your home is never really getting that cold. None of us mm-hmm. like to let it get that cold. So we keep the heater running or we keep the AC running. Yep. So the conditions in our home are pretty steady, especially if you have your plants under grow lights and they're not seeing a change in sunlight. Mm-hmm. So they have no idea that it's winter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if they're still growing, they're not dormant. They don't know that it's dormant. They're, they're doing their thing. And some plants go dormant over the summer. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, for example, all of my aloe and haworthia are about to go dormant, but they've mm-hmm. been flowering for the past few months because winter is their growing season. So that's yeah. when I fertilize them the most. So yeah, it totally depends on your plant and it is not right to just blanket say all plants go dormant over the winter. Yeah, it really just depends. And like, and some of them do, like some of them do, you know, like my, what's so weird is my alocasia. My alocasia poly, every winter, same conditions as all my other plants, still goes dormant. She knows. It's like she knows it is winter time, and mm-hmm. she's like, I'm going to take a nap. Bye, bitch. Like, and she just does it. I I don't know why. I'm still, like, jury's out on that one. I really don't know. But, you know, maybe it's said, like, there are some plants that go dormant, and if they go dormant... Leave it the fuck alone. <laughs> Leave it alone. Don't fertilize it. Don't repot it. Don't Just touch it. Let it be. Yep. Let it be. Okay. Myth number 18. Plants only need water, light, and air to grow. What? That what makes sense, right? Like, no, they need a little bit more than that. They need their Flintstone vitamins, right? We need to be giving them their vitamins. So the light is like their food, their water is their water. They get a little nice gust of air. But- Really, fertilizing is their vitamins. It's their nutrients they need. And a lot of people believe that fertilizing should not be a thing. Like, there is a huge group of people, especially, like, people, um, there's a lot of, like, Facebook groups of people who are very, like, anti-chemicals, which is fine. But it's, like, the word chemical is really misconstrued in a lot of different hobbies and communities. And in the plant community, fertilizer and pest treatment and things like that are seen as harsh chemicals and yes they do have chemicals in it but they're chemicals that are created for our plants it's just like skincare right skincare is created for our skin and it has really great chemicals for our skin it is curated for our skin right same for the plants so please be fertilizing please be doing pest prevention this is really basic biology um we learn this in school that they need to be fertilized they need these nutrients we talked about it they need like phosphorus they need nitrogen like they need these things calcium is another really great one um so don't don't be thinking uh you shouldn't be fertilizing your plants no not at all and this is like macro and micronutrients yes yep for example that was like a really big conversation around liquidur it's like liquidur is really great for your plants but it's also not a full meal. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't have all of the macronutrients that your plant needs. So just make sure that you're giving them everything that they need to thrive yep. while they're stuck in this sterile pot. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, for sure. So busted. Busted. It's busted. It's totally busted. Myth number 19. 
is that used potting soil should be discarded. You've already used it, so you just throw it away. And, you know, y'all, dirt is fucking dirt. (laughs) So you can always reuse it. There are multiple ways that you can reuse the dirt that you have. I know a lot of people will bake it. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will do a hydrogen peroxide mix, especially when there's nothing living in it. Mm -hmm. Um, There are multiple ways that you can essentially refresh it and clean anything out that was in there. And then renew it with things Mm -hmm. like probiotics and fertilizer and different amendments that you might need for whatever new plant you're putting in it, like perlite or cocoa core, orchid bark. So there are definitely quite a few ways that you can handle that soil and make it make it viable for your next plant. Yep. I yeah. yeah. And I honestly I have never saved my soil no. because of this. I read a long time ago, don't save your soil, throw your soil away. You cannot use it for another plant. Hmm. I read that very beginning and it freaked me out. And so Aww. whenever I like took a plant out of its nursery pot, I always made sure to get every little bit of soil off the really? roots in the beginning. Yeah. Wow. And now I'm like, I don't really give a fuck. No. Right. But or at least like I loosened the roots a little bit now. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, like I read that I was like, oh my God, I have to do this. Okay. Oh no, they're going to, it's bad. It's I'm creating. No, like you don't have to do that. And it, it just it always stuck with me. I don't know why. But you can definitely reuse. But like Jillian was saying, like, just make sure if it did have a disease or bacterial infection, make sure you are, like, fully sanitizing it mm-hmm. by, like, baking it. You can leave it out in the sun. Yep. Hydrogen peroxide is actually a really great idea. Yeah. That's There's nothing re- living in it. So yeah. it's fine if you kill every, like, you're trying to make it sterile, right? So. Yeah. That's actually a really, really good idea. I like that idea. And the soil is so expensive. So fucking expensive. Oh my God. Especially for good quality soil. I hate buying soil. That is my least favorite thing to buy because I go through it so fucking quick. Like I bought just a bag and it maybe five or six plants. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I need to buy more. And I mean, I also buy like amendments and stuff. Like I buy extras and I add all my little things into it that I like to do and my little, my potting recipe. But dear God, it's so expensive. Like I said, this is an expensive hobby. Is it an expensive hobby? Especially when you try to like give all of your plants like individualized soil it's like oh my god i need to buy like four different bags of maybe soil. that should be a myth like that's a myth where everybody's like this is such a cheap hobby it's like bitch where nope <laughs> or that you can use all-purpose potting mix on all of your plants <laughs> stop yeah exactly all right so here's our last one myth number 20 okay don't repot in the winter how dare you immediate death for your plant <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's fine, you guys. Yeah. Seriously, it's, who fucking cares? We already talked about dormancy, right? Yeah. So, like, if your plant's dormant, don't do it. I'm not going to repot any of my aloe yeah. over the summer because yeah. they're dormant. Yep. And if your plant isn't actively growing, like, don't do it. It's yep. not going to appreciate the extra space. It's not yeah. using it, you yeah. know? But your house isn't actually getting down to 30 degrees, it's still getting light inside. Mm-hmm. Like, your, your pet probably doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. And like for sure, you know, we do, I, I do experience winter growth, right? Like, yeah, you have a lot of tropicals too. Yeah. I have a lot of tropicals. Mm-hmm. So I do experience winter growth. So usually if it's just the winter growth, I may not repot. 
However, if I'm experiencing normal growth and she's going and it's November, December, January, and I'm like, God, I, she needs a new pot. She's mm-hmm. going to start yellowing or maybe she has started yellowing. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and repot it um, if it is showing normal, big growth. And that's fine. Now, yes, in the springtime, our plants are a little bit more active. Mm-hmm. Um, they are growing a little bit quicker. They are normal growth or bigger growth. But, you know, I remember, like, I never got clarification on this, but now I, you know, being in the hobby longer and learning about this and understanding repotting, I remember buying a plant and I was like, okay, I bought a plant in August, but I can't repot, you know, in December or November, I have to repot by like September, right? But you're not supposed to repot. Um, you have to wait a minimum of two weeks. That's what Madison said on the podcast. And now I have to wait a minimum of two weeks, but it, or well, sometimes I have to wait a month and all her but then roots. It's winter. And then it's winter. Now I can't repot. And then but I have then to wait till spring. Bound. And now she's root bound. And what just, a disaster. Just repot it. Like if you bought it in August and now it's December and she's like ready for a repot just repotter. It's not going to stress your plant out. Like she will be happy if, if it is a plant that is ready for repot. Right. So watch your plant's growth patterns. Look at her roots. If it's normal growth, repot the bitch. Yeah. Get to know your plant baby. What does she need? I like that you call it plant baby. And I'm like that bitch. That bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Soft, sweet, tender baby of oh yours. Is she okay? <laughs> Just give her love. Uh, well, cool. So that was our all top of our twenty myths, myths, man. Dude, that was a lot. We're some myth fucking busters myth over here. Busters. Woo! Yes, that's right. Adam and Jamie, who come at us, right? Oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> well, let's give our small business shout out of the week. Okay, who's your small business this week? Okay, so this week I really wanted to shout out Carnation Illustrations, who is an incredible artist, small female owned. I believe she's Mexican, but she's definitely Latinx. She's an absolute sweetheart, honestly. And she makes really beautiful bracelets and earrings and necklaces and a ton of stickers and cute designs. So 10 out of 10, go check her out. It's adorable. She deserves all the sales. Yes, I love that. I love jewelry businesses. I know, right? <laughs> I feel like you and I are like really into like similar jewelry. I love it. They're oh my so gosh. cute. Give us all the jewelry. All the cute earrings. Yes, I love cute earrings. Um, my sm- smallish business, smallish, is so it's actually someone. Um, and you guys might know him. It's Maurice Harris. He's on the show Full Bloom on HBO. So he is a florist. Mm-hmm. Love his account. He has an account called Bloom and Plume. And then he has another account called Bloom and Plume Coffee. Mm-hmm. And he does a lot. He has amazing merchandise, really focusing on Black Lives Matter. And a lot of the um, proceeds go to benefiting Black Lives Matter. But he has currently right now, so we're recording this right before Mother's Day. And he has, like, a Mother's Day collection. And he's just, like, he's not a florist. He's an artist, right? So I love supporting artists like that who are just so in their craft, really understand color and balance. And oh, just, like, oh. Yeah, his page is honestly beautiful. Beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's just, like, such a cool person. And if you mm-hmm. have HBO Max, um, you should definitely watch Full Bloom because, like, that is such a good show. Oh, my God. Noted. 
Do you have you gotten HBO yet? Yes, I'm actually paying for it now. So. Yes, Jillian, yeah. good job. I'll be watching. I'm it. proud of I you. I started the free trial and then I just never stopped. <laughs> I'm the one who that works on. Hell yes. Was wondering. I love it. I love it. So small businesses, thank you. And then we wanted to do like a book thing real quick. Yeah, we're gonna be off for a couple of weeks, so we yes. take a break and prepare for the next season. So we want to leave you all with a few books that we've really appreciated over the season that yeah. you can appreciate over our hiatus. Yes. Okay. Do you want to, you want to go like back and forth? Like yeah. Like you name a book, I name a book, blah, blah, blah. What do you want to do? Let's do it. Okay. Cool. Am I starting? Yeah. Go for it. Okay. You are first. So I'm going to start with The New Plant Parent by Daryl Chang. Nice. Obviously a classic Daryl Chang for all of you who are like, I really recognize that name, but I can't place it. Uh, he's the guy who does the houseplant journal amazing, on Instagram. It's so amazing. It's full of so much information. It's a really like great I tell book. every new plant parent to pick up this book and to follow his Instagram because it is just like very useful for just understanding general plant care. Well, and he's so scientific about everything. Yeah, he is. So like applying theory to everything. Mm-hmm. Very nitty gritty. Very honest yep. about like the results. And yeah, yeah, love it. Yeah. He's awesome. So mine is, I don't have a whole lot of plant books on here on my list, um, but I just got done reading this book called Finding Feminism. Um, It's about this girl who experienced religious trauma. I'm really into that uh, topic right now in my reading and really based around traumatic events, religious trauma, um, women really empowering themselves. Um, So her story is really amazing. She was in a fundamentalist um, religious society and she got out. Love her story. Check it out. Um, it's called Finding Feminism. Amazing book. Oh, yeah. okay. Awesome book. That sounds so emotional. Strong. It is very emotional. <laughs> but I'm really, that's like, like I said, that's what I'm into right now. All right. All right. So my next one is Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer. I actually lost my physical copy of this book. I have no idea where it is. So if I lent it to you out there somewhere and you know where my <laughs> book is, great, let me know. Um, but it's a really great book. It's basically a nonfiction story by, um, obviously, Robin Kimmer, who is both a professor and indigenous person who kind of brings together her native upbringing experiences and knowledge with her scientific understanding of plants and kind Mm. of that relationship that we have with them and have had with them. Yeah. Um, So really great book. Uh, Everybody who reads it is basically changed at the end. It's Mm. like that kind of reading that kind of changes your relationships with plants. So yeah, I've always wanted to read that book. It's always been on my list to read. I just haven't, I don't have the book. I need the book. I know, me neither now. I need the book. (laughs) Okay, so my book I am currently reading right now, I'm not done with yet, is called Witches. It is about different subcultures of feminism and just women gathering together. So there will be a whole chapter about girl bands. There will be a whole chapter about roller derbies. There will be a whole chapter about teen girls, um... And the influence that these subcultures have uh, on our society as a whole and the impact. But also a lot of the shit these subcultures get as well and why there's so much internalized misogyny within that subculture and then also outside that subculture as well. Really, really, really great book. Um, I like little like pieces where things are like more categorized like that. Um, It's like easier reading. Um, And the author is really awesome. So. That was Witches? Mm-hmm. Damn, okay. Yeah. Really good book. 
So my next one, and you can tell all these are really plant related because I had to look up a bunch of plant books for work. So the next one is House Plants for Beginners by Becca de la Paz. But you all probably know her as Becca de la Plants. Yeah. She is an absolute sweetheart and it was really cool to see her publish a book and do so, so successfully. Um it's very similar to Daryl Chang's book in that it is intended for new plant parents. Yeah. But where, like, his book is very scientific and laid out and, like, how to understand plants in general, she kind of breaks it down a little more by plant. So yeah, she goes through, like, some general plant care and then has an index with each individual plant, like, with I don't know how many common house plants, and a whole page dedicated to each one so that you can get an in-depth understanding of that plant. So... Very good book, organized very differently. So it's a really useful tool. Yeah, I've I've been wanting to get her book too. I need to just buy all the plant people's books. Yeah. We need to make a book. Let's go. Let's do it. We're going to. Love it. We'll put all your book reports together. Uh, <laughs> that'd be everything. Right? That'd be everything. I would love that. Oh my God, I love it. Um, other books that I want to read, I really want to read this book called Plant Love. So it's about more like taxonomy of books and how they have always been breeding and like taxonomy of plants. What did I say? Books. (laughs) Taxonomy. (laughs) Sorry. Taxonomy of plants. Sorry. You said breeding and I was like, there's no, (laughs) my books are breeding right now. Gosh, COVID brain. I'm just keep blaming it on that. But anyway, so I really want to read that. And then I really want to get Plantopedia. Nice. I have heard of that one. You have heard amazing things mm-hmm. about it. I heard the pictures are stunning. Stunning. So that's a book I really, really, really want to get. It's been on my list for ever since it came out. Oh, me yeah. too. That would be a good one, honestly. The last one on my list, at least for now, is uh, Wild Interiors. By Hilton Carter. Yes. Yeah. So Hilton Carter has come out with three books now. This is the third one in his series. Yeah. And this one specifically talks about interior design and yeah. incorporating your plants into your aesthetic mm-hmm. um, and kind of sharing them in a more pleasing way, which yeah. is something I've been trying to do personally because I feel like I've hoarded a lot of plants, but they yeah. don't. You can't, like, walk around and enjoy them. So I've been trying harder to kind of find more curated spaces for them, better pots for them. And it takes time. Um, So his book is a really great inspiration for that. Yeah. Plus, he's awesome. He is so awesome. Yeah. I'm excited for his Target collection. Yes. Me too. It's going to be so fucking cute, I'm sure. I'm buying all of it. I'm so excited. I love Elton Carter. He's amazing. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that was it. We fucking did it. We fucking did it. Season, season four. four. That is a wrap, you guys. Well, thanks so much for this season. Thanks for, I want to say real quick, thanks for bearing with us too. I know that, you know, we're not consistent people when it comes to social media or we're not consistent in our uploads. And that's because we're real people, right? Yeah. Like we really value our mental health. We really value each other's boundaries. We really value, um, our boundaries talking with you and that's something that we really appreciate so many people understanding um this is unfortunately not our first job so yeah not where we get to devote our time first unfortunately yeah you know we appreciate you guys being patient and understanding yeah and trust me if like if I was not working a full-time job there would be much more time devoted and you know and 
and I love my job. I love my day job. I'm happy with what I'm doing. And I'm sure Jillian can say the same thing. She has an amazing job too. So, you know, it's a really great, you know, we're really trying to still balance a lot of it. And we just are so appreciative of everyone's patience and understanding, especially when we take like mental health breaks Mm -hmm. um, and just have weeks off just to kind of process, especially there's just been so many traumatic things that have happened in the last year and a half. COVID is still very much a real thing. It's still very traumatizing. It's exhausting. And we're kind of at the point where we just have trauma fatigue. Um, so sometimes, yeah, we we value taking weeks off and just decompressing. Because um, that's, you know, it's not something we want to think about all the time. But sometimes we just need to have a week to just process it so we can come back recharge the next week so I just want to take a moment and just really say thank you to everybody for being so understanding and nice and supportive yeah through all that and that's an extra big thank you to our patrons who show their faith monetarily because that's a whole other kind of commitment to totally. us and trust in us that we really appreciate yeah um we are going to be taking a couple of weeks off between season four and season five yeah. where we prepare we have so many fun things planned for Pride and for the rest of the season. I know Madison is yeah. fucking stoked. <laughs> so stoked. I'm so excited for Pride. What's so there's a lot coming. Amazing people, you guys. Ugh, all the best people, honestly. <sighs> I love all of them. It's going to be so good. We're excited for you to listen. But in the meantime, between now and then with this episode and for Pride Month, you can find us on Instagram. We're mm-hmm. at Two Girls One Plant Podcast. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're on TikTok. You can join us on Patreon. Um, and we you- will try to update probably on Patreon between the two seasons. Like, it's easy for us to kind of pop on and say hello and hang out with you guys on there. Yes, so yeah. if you're on there, we'll watch party. See you. Yeah, we'll have like a watch party and watch some fucking Mythbusters. <laughs> we'll just like hang out and talk plants. Yeah. So that'll kind of be the best way to catch us between seasons. Yeah, for sure. We look forward to talking to you guys on there. But otherwise, Thank we you. appreciate all of you so, so much. Oh my gosh, we did it. Yeah, I'm we proud did of it. Us. We'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks. It's a couple weeks. Bye. Oh, we're done with season That's four. Right. That's so crazy. Wow. Season four. I know we done we diddly did it. Did it. Woo. So proud of us. That was so. Oh my God.